Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, Season 2, Episode 24. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight we've got a couple of troops down, uh, but we've got Laura and we've got Riley, and uh, we're ready to talk all things NFL. But before we get too carried away, let's uh, dive into our warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Why well, you don't know Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. All right, team, something a little bit different for you this week in our warm-up as, uh, you know, a little bit of pub trivia. Let's test your uh, your knowledge of the NFL. Um, so insert some, you know, high-pressure thinking music now as I throw a couple of random NFL trivia questions at you. So the first question that I've got for you is which undefeated team did the Miami Dolphins beat to keep their undefeated season in 1985 intact? Um, so I'm just... I'll throw it out to, yeah, whoever, whoever's got the answer there for me, please jump in. I'm sure it was the Bears. Riley, you're, uh, you, you're, you're locking in Chicago. Laura, what about, what about your thoughts for a little bit of pub trivia? You confident? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to back Riley. She came out with the Bears real quick. Girl knows her stuff. Let's go Bears. All right, excellent. You guys are one. Yeah, for, you guys are one for one. Uh, that's pretty impressive. All right, question two: Which team? And I hope our listeners are playing along at home as well. Which team won the first Super Bowl in 1967? Um, so obviously, we were avid, uh, you know, listeners and followers of the NFL at the time. But uh, yeah, who won that first ever Super Bowl? Well, Green Bay. That's an easy one. Sadly, yeah. Laura, Laura, you were, uh, you know, obviously you've got to keep track of your, um, you know, yeah, well, yeah, some of your, some of your NFL history there, but, uh, all right. Was so we're going to go with green Bay. Um, Riley, is that, that you comfortable that Laura's got, got that right there? Yes, unfortunately. All right. Yes, that, that was right. The correct answer was not Cincinnati. It was in fact, the, the green Bay Packers. Well done. All right, team, two more to go. Question three, which team made their first Super Bowl appearance in 2004? Which team made their first Super Bowl appearance in 2004? What have you guys got? Jump in if you think you know the answer. I know the answer because I've got them written here. But uh... 2004, that was a Brady Super Bowl year. I think, who was it? I think it was the Panthers. It was the Panthers pre-Cam Newton, that little spark of hope they had. Riley, have you got a guess? And I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's, it's the Panthers. You guys are too good at this. Three from three. All right, let's see if we can get a clean sweep. All right, I think I've got you here. This, this is this is a question you won't know the answer to. Which city did the Detroit Lions originally play in? Which city did the Detroit Lions originally play in? This one will get you. You will not know the answer to this question. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I thought I thought they've been in Detroit the whole time. No. So I, oh. Yeah. Same, I thought they were Motor City all the way. Is it a city we would know? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Throw out any guesses. What what are you what are we thinking? 
No, we got nothing? Nah, nothing. Okay, of course, it is the great city of uh, of Portsmouth. So, yeah, you know, a little bit of random trivia there for you. Um, you know, some, some some you know, random bit of information there that you, you weren't quite aware of. But, hey, three from four, not a bad start. Uh, you know, it gets us, gets us moving, gets us thinking about all things NFL. But no time to waste. We've got a pretty special football team to preview. Let's jump into our first segment tonight, The Huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Those will be the best memories. All right, Laura, I'm just going to hand the mic straight to you because tonight we are previewing your beloved Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, obviously a bit of a challenging season last year, finishing, uh, finishing 7-10, and 10, but uh, no time to waste. I'm going to throw it straight over to you. Uh, give us your thoughts, reflections on the franchise at the moment. I know you've got a lot of thoughts in and around the team. It's, um, you know, it's a pretty historic time to be a Seahawks fan right now. Take it away. Look, I was getting ready to come on here tonight and I went to put my Russell Wilson jersey on and then I had to put it aside. We were DK tonight, repping the boy from Ole Miss. But last season, I where to start? I mean, really, when you talk about last season, there's one thing that really stuck out more than anything. Stuck out almost like a sore thumb, but more like a sore finger. Um, you know, that injury to Russell derailed us, but really there were big problems and that injury just really highlighted them for everyone to see in a kind of embarrassing way. Look, Seattle's had a hard time. You know, they haven't made it back anywhere really competitive in the playoffs since the Legion of Boom kind of ended, since the end of that awful Super Bowl that Dan would be very happy about. Um, you know, the basic, the bottom line is, is Seattle didn't protect Russell. Year after year, we needed to get that O-line strengthened up. You know, we were relying on DK a little bit to provide some extra protection, but Russell was getting hit the most sacked quarterback. It just wasn't on. And that was always going to end badly. And I think we're paying for it now. I wore black for about a month, but you know, it's time to actually be truthful and to to actually look at the situation for what it was. And it's a shit show. So hopefully it can only go up from here. Riley, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting, you know, that, that there has been some franchises in the NFL who have been, you know, cellar dwellers for quite a large number of years. You know, we're quite used to them struggling and, you know, Detroit Lions, New York Jets, uh, the Jags, there's been a few others. But, you know, we haven't really sort of gone through periods like this, you know, with, with Seattle. And that's because of, you know, largely what, you know, what the quarterback's been able to do. But, um, yeah, talk to us about your overall reflections on Seattle right now because, you know, I'm just getting so many varied, um, you know, takes on this football team at the moment. It's, um, you know, it's hard to see a direction um, at the moment. I'm actually really excited to see what they do. Um, I've actually, I'm actually a bit of a Drew Locke fan. Um, so I loved seeing him get a shot in Denver. I was um, a bit surprised to see him get benched for Teddy. Um, and I think it's going to be fun watching him sort of fight for that starting spot over Geno. Um, I think he's got a better receiving call than he did at Denver. He's got DK, he's got Tyler, um, and now he also has Noah Fant, who I rated as a top tight end last year, um, who he's 
coming with him. So it's not like he hasn't played with him before. They've got Will Disley and they went in draft two O-line in the first four picks they had in the draft, including a big 300 and I think he's like 20 pound um, cross from Mississippi who ran a sub five in the 40 yard dash um, and he's in the sec. So he's used to playing LSU, Bama, some big, big schools with big bodies that I reckon he'll really thrive in like proving himself in Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, Laura, let's start there off the back of what Riley's um, covered there. You know, when you think about, you know, there aren't too many positive in and, positives in and around the franchise at the moment, but you've got to give them a lot of love for their draft performance. You know, they, you know, they, they had a great draft. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, high-quality uh, football players there. And, you know, I, I wonder where the cross could go down as one of the best players in the draft. Totally. I think John Snyder absolutely played it perfectly this year. You know, he went in with my number one rule for the draft season. That's you take the best talent available, figure out what you need to later. But actually for this draft, the best talent available for us was exactly what we've been needing. So it's just an absolutely awesome pick. You know, the big talk leading up to the draft was, are they going to take a quarterback? Who's going to replace Russell? Is it going to be Malik? Who's it going to be? And all the talk was based around that. But what they've done is they've really actually said, you know what, we have so many other problems. We have some good quarterbacks. We have Gino that we know can stand up. We have Drew Locke and, you know, we don't know exactly what he'll do with our core yet, but, you know, there's so much opportunity there. And so what they really did was they looked to fill these holes and actually they didn't trade out of the first round, which I was slightly surprised. I don't know. You always get a bit nervous with Seattle when it comes to a draft because John Sider loves to, loves to play games with you at the last second, but, you know, it was great. Charles is an absolutely outstanding player. He's got impeccable balance. His reach, his ability to actually make a huge impact at the line is just what Seattle needs. And it'll be interesting to see how he comes in. And it hopefully, you know, hopefully they come in and re-sign Dwayne Brown as well. I think this will be the end of Brandon Shell. They both had pretty bad seasons last season, but I think if we could get Dwayne back in, he has had a bit of interest. Put him in there with Charles, it'd be an exciting time for Seattle. But no, I think they drafted really well and they picked up Marquis Goodwin this morning. Um, which I think is a great addition to an already outstanding wide receiving core. So, you know, we're not going to have a really competitive season, but we're going to fix a lot of the leaks that are really causing problems. Yeah, I, I I am trying to, you know, give Pete Carroll and that front office credit. You know, I, I, I have to believe that there is a plan. But, you know, one of the things I would be a little bit critical with, um, you know, Seattle is that they knew that the Russell Wilson situation was going to occur for quite a long period of time. You know, it, it's it's not like Russell Wilson woke up one day and said, "Hey, I don't want to be a Seahawk." You know, this has been sort of you know building for for quite a you know for for a couple of years now. So, you know, you just think about some of the potential trade packages that would have been offered for Russell. We know that that's happened over the past couple of years. You know, was this the you know, was this the best possible situation for Seattle? I, I get a little bit of a sense that Denver won this trade. And as we spoke about last week, I, I was just a little bit disappointed in the actual players they were able to get from Denver. You know, they got a tight end in no offense. That's great. But for me, it was Patrick Satan. You know, he was the player that I would have demanded to have gotten for Russell Wilson. So, you know, my just quick thoughts is, you know, if you know a franchise quality quarterback is going to leave your franchise, um, you need to bring in some high quality players. These young draft picks are going to be great. Um, but I just think they dropped the ball a little bit in terms of the players they, they, they got from Denver. 
Yeah, you know, I do agree. And I think it's it's a hard thing when you sit down and actually dissect that and look at it at the end of the day. Russell should be with us for another five to 10 years. And it's it's absolutely disgraceful in a way that it has played out like this. But you look at that. And then when you look at also what's happened to Bobby Wagner, you know, he didn't even know he was getting released, found out pretty much on social media. You have to look at him kind of be like, okay, well, obviously a decision's been made that they need, they want to just wipe the slate and move on. But, you know, Seattle didn't handle it well and Pete copped a lot of criticism and this season is going to be make or break for him in terms of public opinion and public respect. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere, but, you know, he really does need to show that, yep, we do have a plan in place. We do know what we're doing, you know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. I, I think this could be a make or break year for him. But, you know, in saying that, my, you know, if I'm to try and predict what the Seahawks are trying to do, I my belief is they're trying to tank, uh, in my opinion. Uh, they're going very, very young. You know, they're removing all of their veterans and they've got their eye on the next year's quarterback class because you look at some of the talent coming through and it's not just everyone fighting for the number one, you know, quarterback pick. There is a handful of players that, you know, are there miles ahead of some of the players that have come out in this year's draft. Um, you know, but don't get me wrong, little Bryce Young out of Alabama, he has got Seahawks written all over him. So, you know, if, if Seahawks, you know, they get rid of all of their veterans, they bring in some younger players, they're not expected to win a Super Bowl this year. But, you know, if they can snag a high-quality young quarterback next year, I think that puts them in a really good position. And for me, I, I, I believe that's why they haven't gone out to try and find a quarterback better than Drew Locke, uh, because they're out there. In my opinion, Jimmy G's a better quarterback than Drew Locke. In my opinion, Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Drew Locke. But, you know, Laura, what's the point in going 500 this year? You know, you're stuck in that middle ground where – you're not good, you're not bad, um, and it impacts your draft capital. So for me, look, if, if I was trying to predict, I'd say they're going to go really, really young, they're going to try and tank, and they're going to try and get a higher quality, you know, a high draft pick. And, you know, it's going to be a bit of a painful year. My next question, Laura, is, is Pete Carroll the man to oversee a rebuild? That's the only piece that doesn't make sense. Where he's at in his career and where his specialties lie in terms of his side of the ball I just I just find it very hard to believe that he's going to go and do a proper rebuild. Younger players, young, flashy quarterback next year. What's your thoughts on Pete? Because, I don't know, I, I just don't see it. I, I think a couple of years from now, we're going to see a, a new flashy OC come in as head coach who, you know, is good on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, in my opinion, a big problem Pete has had over the last sort of five years is he hasn't had that great of a supporting staff around him. And, you know, to me, when I think of Pete Carroll, I think of a defensive coach. You know, he is great. He is about running the ball. But when I look at him, he's very defensive orientated. And I think that's where he's made some stellar moves and decisions in the past. Have we seen that so much recently? Probably not. You know, it's hard because it's kind of the way you feel about an incredible quarterback like a like a Russell or a Tom Brady. You've got this insane talent. Pete is undeniably one of the greatest coaches that we have seen. His time at USC, that was really cut short because of the dramas that went behind the scenes there. But, you know, really he is, he has what it takes. But there does come a time where you have to look at, okay, well, we're continuously not performing. What are we going to do? I think he has what it takes to begin the rebuild. He might not necessarily see it through, but I do think that player selection, that I, I think he's got that down pat. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how we go with um, 
Shane Waldron in his second year this year and bring in that new DC will be interesting. But I'm yeah. glad Norton's gone, so that's good. Yeah, I love that. You know, he might be able to start the rebuild, but he may not be able to finish it off. I just wonder, you know, the next young Sean McVay and some of these younger coaches that are, you know, sort of sort of hitting the NFL um, and, you know, bringing to life the, the, the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be really, really interesting. Riley, um, quickly touching on and being a little bit fair to Pete, if they're not tanking, uh, we know what they're going to do. Uh, it's very, very obvious. They're going to run the football. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. What's your expectations for Seattle? I mean, you know, in modern day NFL, you know, I, I just think there are, there's obviously limitations to trying to run your way uh, to a successful season. But Rashad Penny, Kenny Walker, that was a great pickup in the draft. Chris Carson, um, you know, obviously they're, they're trying to improve that line as well to create those lanes and, and a little bit more time for those running backs. Um, talk to us a little bit about Pete's vision for this team because, you know, maybe, maybe he disagrees. Maybe he's not tanking and he's just going to try and run the air out of the wall. Look, I'm... I'm pretty, like, not against, like, tanking, but I feel like if you're not going into play to win, then you're not doing it for the right reasons. I don't think Pete's somebody who would deliberately lose. Um, so I, I don't see him doing that. I think he's trying to, like, re- rejuvenate the culture because um, it was so heavily, like, Legion of Boom focus and then everything kind of went a bit pear-shaped you know, everybody was leaving. There was dramas happening off the field and then obviously everybody left. Um, I think it's really going to hinge on how the O-line go. Um, I think Cross will make a, a massive impact. Um, being that quick, I, I'm a Carson fan, have been for a few years now, especially fantasy-wise. Um, <laughs> so I'm... Um, Interested to see him healthy and and get some solid yards on the ground again. Um, and I think Drew Locke is a bit underrated in the run game. So and and the play action game like that's something that's always worked for Seattle. You've got Tyler Lockett, quick, speedy, can get up the field very very quickly. Um, and then you've got DK who is just as quick, but an absolute monster in terms of size. So. It's not that they don't have the weapons. I just think that they'll they'll need to gel together first. Yeah, and I think one other problem that we did see last season was there was something off with Russell and DK. You saw DK's frustrations on the sideline. I don't know if they spent too much time in the preseason that they were sick of each other by the time the regular season came around. I have no idea, but, you know, I think a big part of the shift that is happening is DK is going to be the main focus. You know, he hasn't got that extension yet, but that will come through. And I think he's what they're going to nail down on because they do see him as their next sort of superstar. Um, so I think there was so much and so many different dynamics, politics that were going on last season that I think really contributed to Russell getting out of there. And, and I think Drew Locke is actually going to pull through. I think I, hopefully he gets the starting job over Gino. I think that's what he deserves. I think that's the way that they should go. Um, but we need to see, but I think DK is also a massive player. I think he's a, he's a player that has a big hold on the team, whether it's, you know, his emotions on the field or off the field or his performance on or off the field. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it's, it is. It's going to be one to watch. You know, for me, you know, a couple more bulk takes with the, with the Seahawks. I, I don't think DK is their number one uh, wide receiver. I think he's a good two. Um, but, you know, when all eyes on him, uh, when there is a lot of pressure, you know, he plays a particular way. He's a, he's a, 
He's a very, um, you know, he's a different type of wide receiver. You definitely have to have a quarterback that can, as you mentioned, Laura, connect with him. So for me, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know whether we're going to see the best out of DK this year. It's going to be one to watch. Uh, the other side of the football that we haven't spoken a lot about tonight is the defensive side for Seattle. We've done that deliberately because there are quite a few concerns there. There isn't much to sort of pick apart. But again, you know, thinking about that, you know, it's, it's really going to be a good opportunity for that to be evaluated to determine you know, what is the future of this team when it comes to defense? Which players are going to stay on? Which players are going to move on? This is really their final opportunity to um, just show fans that they deserve to wear this Seattle um, uniform because you think about the history of this franchise and, you know, limited play on the defensive side of the ball. I, that, that's just unacceptable in Seattle. So, yeah, it's going to be going to be very interesting to see. All right, team, no sitting on the fence. It's time to offer up our predictions when it comes to the record. As we mentioned, 7-10 and 10 last year. Um, Riley, what's your thoughts on that? Do they better that record? What are you sort of feeling? We do give ourselves the right to change our predictions closer to the season. But, yeah, what's your thoughts on this team at the moment? Um, I think being in the West, they're going to struggle a bit because I do think just the way that the other teams are built, they are on paper, a lot better. Um, so they probably only get one or two wins in the division um, and I don't see them winning any more than seven. Um, not not to start with anyway, just based on how much has changed. Um, it's very hard for a new quarterback, you know, including Tom Brady, to come into a new team straight off the bat, gel, and just start winning games. So I'm going to say, like, Six or seven. Yeah, look, for me, I'm going to be harsh. I'm going to say this is a four-win football team. I think we're going backwards here. I really feel like there is a little bit of a tanking vibe. Only because my biggest thing with Seattle is there's no depth. Um, And one of the things that Seattle fans know very, very well is they've been so unlucky with injuries. It's been very... You know, we, we haven't had a season where Seattle have been able to go through and really keep their entire roster together. If they're able to do that, there is enough skill on the offensive side of the ball for them to challenge that seven, maybe do a little bit better. But, you know, I'm just being realistic. I think with a couple of injuries here, um, Seattle are really going to struggle. But never fear. I, I, I still feel like there's a little bit of youth and potential within this football team for the following season. So I don't think it's such a bad thing if Seattle have a difficult season. But for me, four-win football team. Uh, Laura, what's your thoughts? Um, head, heart, I know this is a, a challenging one. Yeah. This has been a bit of a difficult conversation this evening, and I'm, I'm not too sure how I feel coming off the back of it. But one thing I really do want to add in real quick is I don't necessarily agree that all hope is lost with the defense. I think Jordan Brooks was the MVP of last season. I think he had an absolutely stellar um, second year, you know, second in the league in in tackles. And I think what, what they did by placing him in there with Bobby is they really gave him that leadership, gave him that experience and that knowledge. And I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. Him alongside one of my favorite players, Jamal Adams, who everyone's a bit on the fence about, but I think he's, I think that was one of the greatest trades that I've ever seen. And I was super shocked that was outstanding. So I do think there's hope for that defense. I think if Jamal can get through his injuries and I think if they do end up bringing KJ Wright in, which is rumored, and they put him in there alongside Jordan. It could be great. So, look, I'm going to sit at about 6-7. I, I don't think we can count the Seahawks out just yet. You know, we're not up to a win team yet. 
but, you know, hope's not lost. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, this is going to be one team that, you know, we are going to be very, very excited to follow. Uh, and it's not just because of you, Laura, with your fandom. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. And, uh, you know, just, just even the quarterback room, you know, what does that look like come week one? Uh, there's uh, plenty of narratives. And, you know, you see that schedule, them coming up against Denver. Um, you know, that's going to be one for the, uh, for the history books as well. All right, team, let's move forward now to our uh, next segment, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, team, we've got a bit of a new series uh, in our match, and that's our, you know, I, I guess, you know, diving into some of the off-season signings. And it's that time of year where... You look at your uh, you look at your depth chart. You look at all of the fresh faces, new names, and you realise, okay, well, this player's moved to this franchise. This player's moved to here. Um, you know, Riley, this really has been an unprecedented off season. We have seen so many moves, in particular at the quarterback position, and they're the they're the two. Um, well, that that is the one position that we're going to be focusing in on when it comes to the match. So the two players I've got for you, Carson Wentz. From the mighty Washington Commanders, uh, coming up against Matty Ryan, who's made the shift over to Indianapolis. Um, Riley, again, this is a bit of a tricky one, but interested to hear your thoughts. Um, which player are you picking here? Who's going to be the better player in the upcoming season, Carson or Matt? Um, I think Matt Ryan will be. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a Wentz hater. Um, I don't know why. I've just never liked him. Uh, I think what his time in Philly, uh, I kind of got the um, like the opinion that he didn't really want to be there. Um, you know, Nick Foles came in, led the team when it seemed like Wentz couldn't throw anything um, and took him to a Super Bowl. So I think Matt Ryan, he's been in a slump since the choke of the century in the Super Bowl. Um, but everything that went down with the Falcons, it kind of made sense. Like nothing was going right for them defensively, offensively. So to be an Indy, which is quite a proud um, team, he does have Michael Pittman, um, who is a beast of a receiver. He's got Mo Allen Cox. He does have a better defense there, I think, as well, as good as Chase Young is at the Commanders. I think... Indy's defense is a bit a, a bit better, and I think that'll really help him. Just not having to be the person that is always in control. He's got a bit more veteran um, like experience as well, and this is only his second team. You know, Wentz has bounced around now three times, and I think going to the team that Wentz was at will really show that as well. So yeah, I'm I'm picking Matt Ryan to have a better better time. Yeah, I love that. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be one to watch. That's for sure. Laura, what's your, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, there's plenty of uh, I was gonna say there's plenty of pros, but there's plenty of cons, and and there are a few pros in terms of you know you can you can see what what the teams see in these players. But uh, yeah, talk to us a little bit about your pick here. I think Riley has been an excellent addition to this show. I am also a Carson Wentz hater. And, you know, I think, you know, we spoke this a couple of weeks ago when we did our um, Commanders episode. I just don't, I think that was the wrong decision. I think they know that was a wrong decision. I think they're kind of what you were trying to suggest about the Seahawks. That was a bit offensive. I think they're 
going to end up, you know, having a bit more of a tanking season. I, I don't see anything productive coming out of Carson Wentz. I think, you know, Matt Ryan is an outstanding quarterback, but I think he's kind of in a, in a bit of a, what we've seen from Ben Roethlisberger the last few years at a phase. He's outstanding. He's got the talent, um, but I don't necessarily, necessarily see him either really doing anything too exciting. They'll definitely get a few wins. It'll be interesting to see what happens and how they gel. Definitely a higher chance, but um, yeah, nah, Carson Wentz ain't it. Yeah, look, I, I hate to go a clean sweep, but I'm going to go Matty Ice as well. But, you know, again, having a bit of a chat about it, you know, when it comes to Matt, my biggest focus is going to be the arm, you know, because he's 37 years of age. And Tom Brady, I know he's sort of reshaped uh, the game that we love. And, you know, unless you're sort of, you know, approaching 50, we, you know, we just automatically assume that, you know, these players are able to go out there and produce. And, you know, for me, I, you know, what, I, what I've learned, you know, watching other quarterbacks that aren't Tom Brady is you can fall off a cliff when it comes to, you know, your arm talent. And uh, we saw that with Big Ben and a few other players. So, you know, you know, does Matt Ryan have the arm to be able to get the most out of his weapons? Now, you know, one of the things that I do trust and the reason why I'm picking Matt is if he doesn't, I think he'll be honest with himself. I, I don't feel like Matt is going to try and push the envelope because he has one of the best running backs in the game in Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, that, that's, that's I guess, the, 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 the crazy thing with the failure of Carson Wentz at the Colts is, you know, the running joke is, how hard is it, my friend? Just hand the ball to Taylor and uh, and away you go. So, yeah, look, for me, I, I think, you know, Matt Ryan, um, you know, he's obviously going to have, in my opinion, a productive one or two years. Um, but the Colts, they are still desperate to find their next quarterback. And similar to Seattle, I think they've got their eyes on next year and the following. There are some incredible young quarterbacks that are coming through the system. And, um, yeah, I, I know the Colts, they're going to do everything they possibly can to grab one of those names. And, um, you know, who knows? If Matt Ryan's successful, he might be able to sort of mentor and bring them through as well. So, uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, Carson Wentz, agree with everything you guys have said. The only other thing that I'll add to it is just the off-field off stuff is a little bit concerning. One of the things that we are hearing is he's just not landing with his teammates in the locker room. So... You know, one of the things we know about quarterback is that, you know, that that's just a non-negotiable. You have to be an executive. You have to be a CEO of a football team, um, and that's not quite working. So for me, Carson Wentz, he looks like that flashy sports car, but you lift the uh, you lift the hood and you know, it's a faulty engine. So he's got all of the physical attributes. He's had moments of brilliance, but he just can't put it together. Um, and it's just that level of inconsistency that makes it really, really challenging. And the other side of it is health. Carson Wentz needs to try and stay healthy, which is obviously a little bit of a challenge. But anyway, interesting situation there for the Commanders and Colts fans. Um, you know, if nothing else, it's going to be very interesting watching them play. But yeah, I, I do think the Colts have got a stronger um, team as well, which will help out Matty uh, Ryan. All right, team, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Riley, this is going to be your little segment here in Rapid Fire. As we look at our uh, league MVPs, we continue that little series. And this week, we are looking at uh, the wide receivers and trying to work out who is the best uh, receiver in the game right now. So take it away, my friend. Yeah, for me, it's a hard, it was a hard decision um, just because there's so many different attributes. But I'm going with Jamar Chase. Um, uh, LSU fans are a bit biased, but... Just the way he plays, his improvement from the beginning of the year, 
like the first half and then he had a bit of a slump in the middle to his yards after catch in the second half of the season. Um, it was just ridiculous. Like you just see him and Joe Burrow just connecting on so many levels, which obviously comes from the 2019 season. Um, but, yeah, I just think he's such a good young receiver and he seems to have his head switched on correctly. So I'm really excited to see how how he goes now that everyone's kind of seen him and, and seen what he can do as opposed to just thinking he's, you know, first year out and he had a bit of a reputation for dropping balls, which he cleared up pretty quickly. So, yeah. That was my biggest takeaway from him is the fact that he punked everyone and he made everyone think that he can't catch the football. I mean, that was that story in in, in the preseason heading into that season was uh, was incredible. Here we go. We have this guy. You know, they they've they've gone past uh, Penae Sewell. You know, the, who would have been a you know ten fifteen year offensive lineman to protect Joe Joe Burrow. Um, you know, they picked up Jamar and the guy can't catch the football. But uh, yeah, he, he quickly figured that out and had uh, a little bit of fun with the media. But you know, I, I actually think that he has made a significant impact in the league because, you know, a lot of people are attributing Cincinnati's success to Jamar. I mean, I know Joe Burrow, he does his thing and he's an incredible player, but, you know, the, the value of wide receivers has never been higher. We've seen that with some of the contracts that are, that are there or thereabouts. And for a first-year player, uh, what a performance. Laura, what about yourself? Um, I know you've got a, you've got a few favourites there down in Seattle, but, uh, yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to keep it in the family, keep it in in fitting with the show tonight. You know, Tyler Lockett is just an absolute standout for me. And, you know, he's a guy that really has never been considered by many people to be the, the wide receiver one. You know, he's always kind of been looked at as playing second fiddle, but being there for those massive Russell Wilson room balls. But I think we started to see when Gino came on as well, it's actually not just Russell. That guy makes himself available. He's an outstanding route runner. I mean, over the shoulder. He can catch a ball from any which way direction. And, um, you know, I think Seattle wouldn't be Seattle without him. And we wouldn't have been Seattle for the last few years without him. And he's going to take us to a week one victory over the Broncos. And so back in Tyler Lockett to go one and oh. I, yeah, I love it. He's a fun, fun guy to, to watch as well. And, um, you know, one of the things you like about him is cheap, you know, you know, well, one of the things that, you know, not having a top five label is that, you know, you're able to get him on a better contract and some of the money that's getting around when it comes to these receivers. I mean, it is quarterback money. It's pretty incredible. Speaking of that, uh, my number one receiver at the moment is Devonte Devonte Adams. Um, you know, it's going to be very, very interesting. We obviously had a big discussion off air about, you know, what this move is going to mean for him when it goes to the Raiders. Um, you know, Riley, Laura, I think we were all sort of thinking that it's actually going to be a positive for him because he gets to play, you know, in a new stadium there, um, you know, out of those crazy, um, you know, conditions there in Green Bay. And, you know, he's not going to a random quarterback. You know, these guys had obviously a special combination um, there, there in college between him and Derek Carr. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really, really interesting. But, there is no room for error here. I mean, you know, I have a lot of faith that Devontae is going to go out and do his thing, but, you know, it, it absolutely has to happen for the Raiders to be competitive in that division. So Devontae, you know, he needs to be performing each and every week, and that's where, you know, you separate yourself to be the absolute best, 17, 17 weeks, regular season, and then the playoffs. So um, Devontae's done it before with, with Aaron Rodgers. Let's see if he can do it uh, for the Raiders. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. 
All right, team, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always uh, bringing the heat when we talk all things um, NFL. Uh, it was great to give a little bit of love to the Seattle Seahawks. A little bit hard on my end, but uh, no, it is going to be interesting to see how they go this season. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support of the NFL show. How do you continue to support us? Um, nice and simple. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.